Tonight, God's Word comes to us from Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. We are going to begin our reading at verse 15 of this chapter and then read through the first verse of chapter 4. Colossians 3, beginning at verse 15. What we hear now is God's word. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants fairly, justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven." This evening we focus on verse 18, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Well, we are going to be um, slowing down in our study of the book of Colossians. Uh, we have seen that Paul has a particular style that he uses when he writes. Uh, often he will make something of a, uh, of a summary statement and then go on to flesh that out. And we saw that in chapter 3, as he begins with this summary, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And he went on to explain what that means, to seek the things above in those first 11 verses, talking about those things in our life that we should put off, those things we should do away with. And then he talks in verses 12 through 17 about those things we should put on, the proper actions for the life of a Christian. And now he's going to slow down even more and become more particular. Verse 17 is something of a transition verse here, where he says, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And he is now going to take that summary statement and flesh that out very particular in the life of the believer, explaining what our conduct should be. 
as husbands, as wives, as parents, as children, as employees, as employers. I said this morning, it's something like a series within a series. We've been talking about the series of Colossians, now focusing very, very particularly on Christian conduct in the home. And it is wonderful to see so many of you here tonight as we look at this series within a series, these verses ending chapter 3 and the beginning of chapter 4. Tonight we're focusing, I said, on that 18th verse, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. It's wonderful to see you all here tonight. Wives, make sure you bring your husbands back next week as next people go on to the next verse and speak more directly uh, to them. Remember, Paul is rooting this instruction back in chapter 3, verse 1, since you have been raised with Christ. How are we to live as God's children because of what He has done for us, because He has washed us, because He has cleansed us, because we belong to Him? How do we live for Him? And particularly tonight, how do we live that Christian conduct in the home as a wife? Paul says... Wives, submit to your husbands. Submission is something of God's design. The world does not like the concept of submission. I don't want to submit to anyone left to myself. The world doesn't like to speak about submission. The world likes to speak about equality. We're all the same. No difference at all between men and women. All the same. A radical, uh, universal equality of everyone. The world doesn't understand the proper concept of submission. It is of godly design. Now, it doesn't surprise us that the world fails to understand this beautiful concept created by God himself, submission in different roles within the family. It shouldn't surprise us when the world doesn't get that. It should surprise us when the church fails to realize that, that God has put order and structure in the home. Uh, these are not just good ideas that we think might work in a marriage. But God himself has designed the Christian home in a particular way. And so Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Spirit, speaking to the church, telling them how they should live as the household of God, as the household in their homes, Paul gives us this instruction, wives, submit to your husbands. Now Paul could have given any instruction. But this is a fairly short letter. This is a fairly short section. Paul is here just giving what must be the most important thing on his mind. If I could say one thing, Paul is saying, this is what I would tell the wives in the church. Paul does not say, make sure you are good housekeepers and you keep the house nice and clean. Paul does not say, wives, make sure you have dinner on the table at the right time. He doesn't say that. He does not say, wives, you should be very good at baking cookies and bringing them to the minister. He doesn't say that. Chocolate chip are my favorite. He doesn't say that either. But Paul is going to say what is most important 
If I could say one thing, Paul says to the women in the church, this is what God would have me say to you. Wives, submit to your husbands. If you want to show your love for him, if you want to properly care for him, this is the instruction that comes from the Lord through the apostle. Again, it does not surprise us when the world doesn't understand but it should surprise us when we don't see this proper submission in our own church, when we don't see this proper submission in our own homes. What does it mean when Paul says, wives, submit? Well, the word that he uses here for submit has the, uh, the concept, it's a military concept. Really, uh, to put it kind of crassly, uh, be prepared to follow orders. That's the concept that's going on here. Um, following instructions, obeying. Uh, I had someone ask me well, quite some time ago, um, a couple years ago, uh, about the marriage vows. Uh, because I love, I love doing Christian marriages. I, it's a beautiful thing to, to uh, see a husband and wife brought together in the Lord. Uh, but I still require, uh, if I'm going to do a wedding, that the wife in her vows, promises to obey her husband. That's a biblical requirement that I have when I marry someone. And someone said to me, you know, that's really not right because the Bible doesn't say a wife has to obey her husband. I said, well, let's think about that just a minute. It doesn't say obey. It says submit. This is beyond obedience. Obedience can be resentful. Obedience can be disrespectful. But submission is a willing obedience. A willingness to follow His lead. Wives, you will show your devotion to God by the way in which you submit to your husband. This is God's intention in marriage. This was God's intention all the way from the beginning. Back in Genesis, when we have Adam and Eve together in the Garden of Eden, in chapter 3 of Genesis, they fall into sin and God comes and speaks to them. And he says to the woman, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now, some suggest, well, this ruling of the husband is part of the fall. Because when, when, when men and women fell, this is what happened. That's when the man started ruling. I don't believe that's what God is saying to us here. The part of the fall in this verse is rather than being content in your role to submit to him, your desire is now going to be that you will rule over him. But I will continue my plan in that he shall rule over you. This is not something that is post-fall. And even if you might wonder about that, we have only to go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, where in describing a woman's proper role, it's, it's alluded to that the man was created first. Therefore, it's proper to, for her to defer to him. 
If we want um, probably the clearest commentary on the text we're looking at in Colossians, uh, we could go over to Ephesians. This is somewhat the parallel text as Paul instructs that church. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul fleshes this out even more. Chapter 5, verse 22, he begins this way, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. The marriage relationship is a reflection of Christ and his church. Christ the bridegroom, Christ the Lord, Christ the one who gave up himself for the sake of his bride, giving up his very life for her. And in response, she in love, the church submits to Christ. That's the call again tonight, to submit to Jesus Christ, to stop living on our own, to put our faith in him, our Lord, our master, our savior, to properly submit to our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. And Paul says that is a reflection of what, of what a Christian marriage is supposed to be. Wife submitting to her husband. Men, I would suggest if you are dissatisfied with the way in which your wife submits to you, that I ask you this question. What model have you shown her? Men, you are called to submit to Jesus Christ. You are called to humble yourself before Him. You are called to submit to God's Word. How do you men respond to Christ through the call of the eldership? If you are dissatisfied with the way in which your wife submits to you, what model have you given them? Because they will learn from you what submission looks like. If you are not properly submitting to Christ, if you are not properly submitting to the authority in his church, do not be surprised if your wife fails to submit the way you might like her to. How do we talk about the authority in the church? Men, what model have you set for your wife? If you think she is bad-mouthing you, how do you speak about the elders? How do you speak about the leaders of the church? Again, men come back again next week as we focus more on your role in the marriage relationship. Tonight, in her call to submit, remember, she will learn what submission means by looking at you. When, when a wife submits to her husband, there is great and wonderful blessings. Now, I'm not going to be um, so naive or so foolish tonight as to tell you exactly how this works itself out in your home. Uh, it works itself out in a particular way in our home. It may be similar in your home, 
But it's rooted, wives, in your willingness to give up your own wishes for the sake of your husband. How exactly that plays itself out will be particular to your marriage relationship. But when that works itself out, you will find yourself on the path of blessing. You will find yourself on the path of freedom as a woman and as a wife. Because it is God's path that you will be on. I say freedom because a lot of people think that that, uh, submission involves superiority and inferiority with regard to being. That is not the case. Wives are not told to submit because somehow they are less in their being than their husbands are. They have a different role to play in the relationship, but they are not less with regard to their being. The same thing is true in church. As a minister of the Word, I am called to submit to my elders. Now, I don't think that makes me inferior as to my being. We are all men who hold a particular office, but part of my role in my office is to submit to them. So it is in the Christian marriage. One is not superior, one is not inferior, in spite of what the world may tell you. And let me say in no uncertain terms, the world gets it wrong. Women, when the world tells you that you are inferior if you submit to your husband, they are dead wrong. The Bible has none of that. Superior, inferior, with regard to your being. But we do have different roles that we play. We have different roles in our marriages. Women, you and your husbands are likewise co-heirs with Christ. Women, you have been raised with him as your husbands have. But you are called to play a different role. If, uh, If we as husbands are honest, most of us, if not all of us to a man, would say, our wives are certainly more gifted than we are. They are often more spiritual than we are. They are often wiser than we are. But our wives have not been called to give that type of leadership in the home. They've been called to submit. Think of the text, kind of the classic text of Proverbs 31. The Proverbs 31 woman. This woman does it all. She bakes, and she cooks, and she sews, and she sells what she makes in the marketplace, and she does all these things. It's an incredibly gifted woman. What's her husband doing? He's sitting in the gate talking, okay? She is way more gifted than he is. But wives... Your role is to use all of that giftedness, all of that wisdom, as, to use the King James word, a helper 
that is meet for your husband, a helper suitable to him. To use the gifts and talents God has given to you, the wonderful blessings you have received, to help him to fulfill the role God has given to him as the one who is called to be the head of your home. Now, that does not mean that when it comes to making decisions, that the husband will make all the decisions. In fact, if we think about the way our life just runs, our wives make most of the decisions in our home. Um, Men, when was the last time you made the grocery list of what was necessary to buy so you could have meals this week? When was the last time you went to the grocery store to get what was necessary? Not just pizza and drinks, but something necessary. Men, when's the last time you spent all day caring for the children while your wife was away, making decisions for how they would be raised? Just practically speaking, our wives make most of the decisions anyway. But in those those few times where there is a mutual decision to be made, and a wife comes to her husband and says, this is what I think we should do. By the way, husbands, that is not nagging. That is her doing her job. She comes to you and says, this is what I think we should do. And you discuss that, and you talk about that, and at the end of the day, if he says, I have heard you, I have understood you, but we are going to do this instead. That is when you can show your submission. You can willingly follow his lead. And if in the providence of God things do not work out well, if it turns out to be the wrong decision, You don't go to your husband and say, I told you so. You don't go to your children and say, look what stupid things your father did. But the submissive wife, the godly wife, finds a way in love to still come alongside her husband and say, let's see if there isn't some way we can make this better. When you approach your husband in that way, sharing with him the wisdom God has given to you, and yet willing to submit to his decisions, when you approach your husband in that way, I can tell you, you will have a husband who is thrilled to listen to you, who can't wait to hear your advice, and what you think the best path is. And you will find, more often than not, that as time goes on, he will find himself more and more making the decision to do things the way you think is best. It will still be his decision. At the end of the day, he will say, I have decided, and I think your way is better than my way. Women, you're called to come alongside your husbands, not usurping their authority, but helping them 
to honor God by properly exercising their authority. And, and when you do this, there is a sense of joy. Finding joy in this role as helper, as one who comes alongside. That's God's design as well, to take joy in this role. When Eve was created in the Garden of Eden, she was not created so she could be the CEO of a corporation. She was not created so she could be the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. She was created that she might help her husband and be a mother to the children God would give them. Women, find your joy here. There are many things you could do. We know how gifted you are. But find your joy in this glorious role of helper to your husband. It's a glorious role. It's not always a glamorous role. It's not a glamorous role when you are up to your elbows in diapers. It's not a glamorous role when you hear the children prattle on and on throughout the day. It's not a glamorous role when you decide you're going to crawl in the playpen and give them the whole house. It's not always a glamorous role. It's a glorious role. It's a role of utmost significance coming alongside your husband. And if the Lord should give you children, finding your joy in being their mother. If you want to change the world, that is your calling. Women who are not married, someday uh, some man may come to you and propose to you and ask you for the privilege of being your husband. That is your choice, to say yes or no. But if you choose to say yes, find your chief delight, find your joy in being his wife. And if the Lord should give your ch you children, find your joy in being their mother. This in no way undermines your giftedness. We know how qualified you are for so many other things. But if you want to have eternal significance, Find your joy in the role of wife and mother. I mentioned earlier Proverbs 31, that text of the woman who can do everything. Proverbs 31 begins this way. This is, these are the words of King Lemuel. So the king is speaking. And the words of this king are not only being spoken, they are being inscripturated. These words have lasted throughout history and will continue to last. They are the word of God. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. You want to have eternal significance. Spend yourself in teaching your children. The words of the king, the inscripted word of God, an oracle his mother taught him. 
This is God's call. This is the pathway to blessing. This is the pathway to freedom. Freedom to do what God has particularly gifted you for, to come alongside your husband, to help him in the role God has given him, to train your children, to teach them truths that will last into eternity, to sing with them the songs of Zion, to memorize the Bible verses, to do all of these things. You want to change the world. Teach your children the Word of God. And, and then model, model this type of proper biblical submission to both your sons and your daughters so they can see what Christian marriage is supposed to look like. They will get all kinds of false pictures by looking at the world around them, by looking at the television, all kinds of false ideas of what a marriage looks like. You model for them what a Christian marriage is. Paul, Paul wrote this letter to the Colossian church to be an encouragement to them. He was not trying to oppress women. He was trying to be an encourager to the women. That's the same goal as the sermon has tonight, not to discourage you, but to encourage you in the wonderful, godly role he has given to you as wives, that you might be the woman God has called you to be, the one who, though more spiritual, wiser, more godly, smarter than her husband, still comes alongside him and helps him that your husband might make the best decisions possible. It is the foolish husband who says, I will not listen to my wife. That's why God gave her to you, so you can listen to her, so she can help you. You come alongside your husband. If the Lord should give you children, you find your joy in being their mother, the eternal significance you can have in their lives. Women, when you pursue this type of Christian conduct in the home, when you pursue this type of godliness, you will find yourself with a husband who sings your praises, who can't thank God enough every day for the wife he has been blessed with. You will find yourself with a husband who trusts you, a husband who listens to you, a husband who follows the help that you give to him. All of this since we have been raised with Christ, since we have been called to be his sons, his daughters, we now live that out in a particular way. And in, in Colossians chapter 3, Paul says, Wives, this is how you live out that calling. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. May God help us in our marriages to reflect his design, his desire in our own homes. Let's join together for prayer. Lord our God, we know there are so many false pictures given to us of what marriage should look like. And it's so easy to get sucked in to those notions to the notions of absolute equality, 
to the notion that submission means inferiority of being. Lord God, help us to reject the lie and to listen to the truth. Your word is truth. Lord God, we pray for the wives who are here tonight, that you would strengthen their spirits. You have gifted them in so many ways. They are so ready to serve you. Help them to find their joy in, in fulfilling that particular role which you have given to them, being a helper unto their husbands. Lord God, help the husbands here to recognize that, to realize what a blessing it is to have a godly wife, to love her, to listen to her, to follow her help. Lord God, strengthen our marriages. For those who are unmarried, for those who may someday uh, look for a spouse, find a spouse, help them to, O oh God, not to be conformed to the world, but conform themselves to your word, because that word will not change, and it will continue to lead in the path of joy, the path of blessing, and the path of freedom. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We turn together.